Hello, lovely Patreon pals. It's Anna. <laughs> Welcome back to the Patreon podcast. I. It's taken me a while to sit down and talk to you. Uh, this time to bring you this podcast. I think I. I think it was due two weeks ago. Um, I'm really sorry about that. It's currently. 8.46 on Friday the 16th of October I am I've just come to sit um, on my bed my feet are tucked into the duvet because it's quite chilly and um, I want to sit down and talk to you this podcast should have gone up a while ago and I haven't done it and I have many an excuse but the truth is that I didn't know how <laughs> to sit down and chat I have been in a strange in-betweeny place as you know I don't know about you but I find seasons sometimes last days or weeks rather than months or years but this little season of in-between has been a tricky one uh, one I've been navigating day by day and I guess over the last little while I haven't found that my days have been podcast patreon podcast recording ready if i'm honest and let's just keep this between you and me jordan knows um i've been struggling with the middle of the model podcast as well just because i haven't really felt like i've had a huge amount to say but we've been doing a lot of um interviews lately so that's good means i don't have to have um (laughs) don't have to have much to say one of you i think it was Haley, asked I can't remember, Haley. if it was you. I can't remember how you asked. Whether you asked on Patreon or messages or... I can't remember. But you asked about staying close to Jesus. Or at least you mentioned to me that you had noticed that I try to stay close to Jesus. And I thought, well, that's a good thing to talk about. Maybe that's something we could think about on Patreon and here we are (laughs) that's what we're gonna try and talk a little bit around today you can tell i'm tired you can tell it's late but i also know that once we get our background music in here um the slow and the quiet and the honest kind of works so let me just pray before i blabber on breath or two thank you Holy Spirit that you are here thank you Jesus that you are here Jesus I pray you take these words and this quiet little heart that wants to speak to its friends and um, give me your words to say. Lord, I pray that you would uh, speak through me, use these words and speak to the people listening, that each one of them as they listen would be filled with a fresh sense of your closeness and your desire to be in true relationship and communion with them come into this space Lord I just give you this time and pray you use it and direct it in your name we pray Amen so I guess maybe I haven't known how to talk about this because I've been too busy trying to keep close to Jesus (laughs) um and an anecdote just returned to me which I need to just write down in my on my notes so I don't forget to mention it to you well let's see if it's right or not when we get there um right staying close to Jesus what does it look like how do we get there is it something we can all do 
Yes. When people look at me, I wonder what they see sometimes. And you guys have a front row seat, really. You're not in my everyday life, but you are. Um, you are able to access every single thing <laughs> that I put out there in the world. And I try and be honest with all of it. Something I hope people might see when they look at me is someone who just wants to stay close to Jesus. And that wasn't always the case. I, it's something that's been grown in me and it's something that has developed. It's something, it's a seed that was planted and it's something that was developed by the Holy Spirit. There's only one person who can develop a desire for God within us and that is God himself, the Holy Spirit. I think wanting to stay close to God, wanting to stay close to Jesus is a fruit. It's it's one of the overflows of relationship with him and it's one of the fruits by which people can recognise that we are truly followers of Jesus and lovers of God. The desire to stay close to him. And I was thinking today, I, I had a bit of a light bulb moment Not everyone has that desire. Uh, Not everyone has that desire. And not everyone understands that desire either. I think there are... I I wonder if you'll agree that as we journey through life and the Christian world and as we walk out our faith, we will meet loads and loads and loads of different types of people and different types of Christians and they give over different amounts of themselves to God. I had a light bulb moment today. I was listening to a song by Maverick City and I couldn't tell you which one. If you haven't heard of Maverick City, then go and search them. Search them on YouTube um, first. Watch their videos. They are a phenomenal group of worshippers and their live worship is really, really stunning. Um, But they've released a new album, Maverick City Volume 2, Part 3 or something. And there was a song on there with a lyric which just struck me in the heart and stopped my mind in its tracks and answered a question I've been asking for a while um I have some friends in my life who just don't really understand the way I talk about God and I talk about life with God in terms of not my will but his and not my strength but his and I think some find issue with that and struggle to understand why I might be giving over and not making my own decisions and not acknowledging my own strength and this lyric today said something along the lines of I choose to give you full control and I yelped out and said that's it that's what it is that's what it is I've given God control because years ago not many five years ago I don't know that for certain I could count it right now but I am an awful counter so it would take me a while (laughs) some years ago many seasons ago uh, what feels like four lifetimes ago but I was probably 23 maybe I gave God control and it was something he'd been asking me to do and something I'd been fighting but it wasn't a out loud request and it wasn't an out loud fight. He was drawing me into himself and drawing me closer to him than I would have known how to be or maybe even wanted to be by myself. And it was in a stage of my life where I felt broken as broken as I've ever felt and very confused and fairly destroyed and God said will you will you trust me will you give me your life will you give it to me will you give me 
control and the way he did that was with I'm sure I've told you this before but the way he did that for me was Proverbs 3 verses uh, oh gosh what is it 4 and 5, 3 and 4, 3 to 5 trust the Lord with all your heart soul, mind and strength lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight oh I have my Bible next to me I have the Bible in which this is written this life changing moment for me faith changing moment Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 in the today's NIV says this trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight and it was my birthday and I was heartbroken and crying on the floor of my room and Jesus came (laughs) and I said God show me what to do and he said trust me with everything you have don't try and understand everything submit everything to me and then I will make your path straight he asked me as a threefold uh, request. He, he said, "You know, Anna, you've got these three things to do. You need to trust me. You need to try not to understand. You not. You need to not try to understand everything, and you need to submit to me. And then I can make your path straight." It was a promise, and I had a end of the bargain to hold up. But that in the message, that verse, those verses say, and I've, I've scribbled this into my bible trust god from the bottom of your heart don't try to figure out everything on your own listen to god's voice in everything you do everywhere you go he's the one that will help you get on track or he's the one who will keep you on track and i was i mean every time i think about it i'm right there back there on the floor and he took me through this this little section of of study and prayer and he took me to James and James told me what submit meant and it says James 4 dangerous book James very dangerous book (laughs) in that faith gets real (laughs) when you read James James 4 verse 7 said submit yourselves then to God resist the devil and he will flee from you come near to God and he will come near to you wash your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded grieve mourn and wail change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up so it started with submit and then it ended with humble and in the message that verse 10 humble yourself before the lord and he will lift you up in the message it says get down on your knees before oh what does it say mighty one get down on your knees before the mighty one it's the only way you'll get on your feet and at that time i was the farthest thing from on my feet i was on my knees i was on my face i was on the floor um So submit means in the dictionary to accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. In the message again that says, um, that James passage, verse 4 to 10. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scalper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious. Really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It is the only way you'll get back on your feet. And that is what I prayed The story of me learning to uh, walk with Jesus and stay close to him is (laughs) 
gosh, it's, it's real. It's very serious. It's me taking my faith very, very, very seriously. My life with God very seriously and my decision to trust him very, very, very seriously. I'd encourage you to read those. But this is the prayer I prayed that night. It was 2016. Uh, it's my birthday, the 24th of August, 2016. And that's... Oh... One of the days my life changed. I prayed, Lord, show me how to submit all my ways to you. To humble myself at your feet. Lord, I want to get serious. Thank you, Lord, that I can trust in you with all my heart. I want to follow your voice. Thank you that you keep me on track. I don't understand, but I don't have to. I trust in you. And I didn't understand. There was so much going on in my life that I did not understand. I didn't understand why God had let me fall in love with somebody over years and years and had finally given that relationship some life and then had taken it away. I didn't understand why my why I'd come to do a job I loved and serve people and hopefully be Jesus to people and light in darkness was killing me and the job was killing me and I didn't understand why and I didn't understand why my health had to carry on getting worse and I didn't understand why it seemed like God was going to be taking me to the back end of nowhere um, with nothing to do and no way to support myself and to have to rely on people other than myself and I didn't understand but that night he showed me I didn't have to and I've taken that very seriously ever since and I think those those things um, aren't things everyone prays <laughs> I'm not sure that verse sounds like that to everybody I'm not sure Everyone takes James's words and applies them to their lives and gets so serious about becoming pure, making our hearts pure and kneeling before the Lord and living from a posture of being knelt before the Lord. I'm not sure that's something everyone does and as I listen to those lyrics today, to try and find it I'll put it in the notes um, on the Patreon post I realised that's what it is that night and continually since then over and over again I have given full control of my life to God which means that I know it's not in my control no decision is mine to make it's I defer it to God and if he gives it back to me I decide and if he doesn't then I go with what he's asking me to do I've given full control of my life to him, it's not my own and isn't that what Jesus calls us to if you want to be my disciple deny yourself pick up your cross and follow me it's not about us, it's about him And that is um, very confronting, very offensive to some people. Removing them from autonomous power over their own lives is not something people want to be invited to do. But for me, there came a point in my walk of faith and my life with God that I simply could go no further without praying that. And the Holy Spirit led me to pray that. It was a prayer he needed me to pray. For the story he was writing in my life, he needed me to pray that prayer. I've prayed many a scary prayer. Um, and that is the one that I'm still living out. Yeah, it's 2020 now, so it's almost 2021, isn't it? So, I don't know, does that make that four years ago? It's October, four and a bit years ago. 
I'm still living that out. I'm learning. But that's where it began for me. That's, I think, where it began. This true giving over of control to Jesus. I'd been in similar places before. Um, I'd met Jesus in real ways along my walk. I'd had to learn to trust him in increments through the years and had to rely on him for provision and his goodness and his faithfulness and I'd prayed prayers. I don't remember when I started praying this particular prayer but I might have been 16 or I might have been 18 but my life for your glory Lord. My life for your glory. That's something I've prayed for a very long time. And let my life be a story of your faithfulness. Is something I began praying after he brought me to Proverbs 3. Let my life be a story of your faithfulness. A beacon on a hill shining bright for all to see is a prayer I sang as he put me back together over months and months and months. So staying close to Jesus, how do we do that? What does that look like? I think first it looks like wanting to. We have a choice. I am not someone who prescribes to the idea that we do not have a choice in the matter. We do have a choice in the matter. We have a response. We choose our response. We respond to the gospel in the first place. We respond to God's love. Um, If he comes knocking on the door of our hearts, what do we say? If he draws us in, what do we say? There's an invitation for every believer to walk a life staying very close to Jesus. And I actually think one can be a believer um, and not walk a life staying very close to Jesus. God doesn't ask perfect behaviour, he asks for faith. Salvation isn't linked to perfect behaviour, it's linked to faith. And you can have faith, you can believe, without giving over everything. Without wanting to know Jesus in the everyday. Without having a living, breathing relationship with him, you can still believe, I think. But we choose. Staying close to Jesus, we choose. We ask. I think it chooses with wanting. It starts with wanting to. So if we want to stay close to Jesus, how do we start that? Well, either the Holy Spirit is asking you if you want to learn to be in close relationship and constant communion with God with Jesus so either the Holy Spirit is asking you and drawing you in or your heart is longing and it is asking him one of those two might be true one of those two one of those two have to be true (laughs) if you're here if you're not here I will have lost you a long time ago and you probably aren't listening to this podcast anymore (laughs) So it starts with us wanting to. And we pray. Jesus, I want to see you. Jesus, I want to know you. Jesus, I want to be close to you. Jesus, I want to walk with you like one of the twelve. Jesus promises in um, in his teachings uh, when he was around in the Gospels, Jesus says that 
my sheep will know my voice. When we are born again into the kingdom of God, we take the place of, in that story, a sheep and our shepherd is Jesus. And we follow him like sheep follow the shepherd. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So how do we stay close to Jesus? There's an element of learning the voice of the shepherd. (laughs) And how do we learn that? Well, we listen. We pay attention when he speaks. We prioritise him. We commit to learning how he speaks. We give over our hearts and minds and souls to be spoken to and led by the shepherd. We read the Bible, we learn the way God speaks, we pray, we sit, we listen, we get a sense of how the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we watch the world around us, we see God at work and we notice what he's doing and how he works we notice that he does unexpected things in unexpected ways we notice that we don't often understand we notice that we don't often see it coming we notice that often he doesn't shout loud often he waits until the storm passes and then he whispers to us we notice how He speaks to us. We spend time in worship and prayer and we learn how he says our name. We learn the inflection in his voice as he says our name. And we then know, recognise when he calls it and we can come running. Because we've learnt the sound of his voice. We have learnt how he speaks. We know his voice. something I know to be true in my life it's very unpopular (laughs) it's a very um, it seems to be quite a controversial thing to tell people and say out loud but I know it to be true Um, I'll tell you the full story please don't be offended my grandmother was a um, fiercely fiercely prophetic woman of God and she had a huge heart for Israel and so she studied a lot of the Hebrew scriptures and understood a lot of the Bible and the story of Jesus and the promise of God through Hebrew eyes and she used to tell us and she she knew me she knew I was a strong-willed child and she knew I was stubborn and she knew that I had a will that would need breaking and she knew God had plans for me and she had prayed that that would be true and she knew me and I was often very frightened of her and often I hid from her because she knew me. She could see me because I was like her. And she told a story. In the Psalms, there's a... uh, I can't remember, Psalm 120-something, I think, or maybe 20-something. It's got a two in it. There's a psalm about... There's a verse about your staff and your rod. Is it... And I will dwell in the house of the Lord... Your staff and your rod comfort me. Is that one? Is that that one? Um, I will find them. Your staff and your rod, they comfort me and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Something like that. I'm not sure. Um, Oh no, it is. (laughs) Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I think it's through other places as well. Anyway, the staff and the rod. Psalm 23 is talking about the Lord as my shepherd. And he talks about the staff and your rod. And the story about how shepherds would use their staff and their rod is this. That if a sheep ran away from the flock, it was probably a young sheep. And it hadn't yet learnt the shepherd's voice. And... This is real. This is how shepherds in biblical... This is biblical Hebrew shepherds. This is how this worked. Because for starters, the shepherd lived with the sheep. He lived among them. 
they knew him. Secondly, in order for the sheep to hear his voice, I was reminded of this the other day, um, the shepherd wouldn't walk ahead of the sheep because if he was walking ahead of them, they couldn't hear him. So he would walk from behind or from among them. So he was with them, he was close with them. But the staff and the rod, when a sheep ran away, or it would, the shepherd would go and find it and bring it back. The sheep ran away again, the shepherd would go and find it and bring it back. If a sheep insisted and persisted in running away, the shepherd would go and find it and maybe rescue it from the cliff or the precipice that it was on. And the sheep, the shepherd would use its, his rod, well, he'd use his staff to hold the sheep down. And he'd use his rod and gently press it against the sheep's leg. And the leg would break. And the shepherd would then carry that sheep on the shepherd's shoulders back to the herd, or the flock, sorry, back to the flock. And there the sheep would be healing with its leg mending and the sheep would be around the shepherd's shoulders and once that sheep's leg was mended and the shepherd let it down the sheep would never leave its master's side And I think this is why I have put off talking about this because it hasn't been right and it is right now because I'm getting emotional. In his love for us and in his desire for us to thrive and know him and live in him, in his kindness and his mercy, he will break a leg he will and as he nurses us he will speak to us and teach us and heal us and after that we will never want to be apart from him and a lot of people have problems with God as someone who would break a leg. Uh, and I get that. It doesn't quite fit the narrative a lot of people have about what a good God means. It's the story of a... That's the topic of a whole other podcast. What does good actually... <laughs> what actually is good when we talk about God? We don't talk... About when we talk about good, we're not meaning easy. If God describes himself as good, he's not meaning it's easy. And it's rainbows and it's butterflies. He's meaning that he can see a vastly bigger picture than we can. And he knows what will ultimately lead to good for our souls and the souls of the people around us and the kingdom of God. I've noticed it's been said recently by someone that often mighty men and women of God walk with a limp. And you know, in me that built, that brings so much hope because I've walked with such a limp such limps for such a long time and I know God has been and is drawing me closer and closer and I know he's been in every single one of those breaks not because he's malicious and likes to harm but because he ultimately knew it would lead to my good and the good of those around me
and it's not about me. So on the floor, I was broken on my birthday and I prayed the prayers and he took me to Proverbs and I prayed that he'd teach me submission and I gave over control of my life and I gave control to him and then he slung me round his neck and nursed me and tended to me while I healed and I have not wanted to step away from him for a single day since. Today on Instagram, I mentioned just this evening, just before I came on um, here to record this podcast for you, I mentioned a phrase, um, tuck yourself into God. Again, this is something I've learnt and have experienced many a time. To live a life from a posture of kneeling in submission and humility. I've learnt that. I've also learnt the joy and sense of home the sense of home that can only be found in tucking oneself into God I was um, I spent months crying I spent months in tears and in worship and in prayer and I missed things and I missed people and I longed for people and for things and I would lie in bed at night and cry and I would turn over onto my side and I would sense that he was there with me. As I turned over and coloured, coloured, uh, <laughs> turned over and cuddled a pillow I wished was a human, I would turn over and not cuddle a Jesus pillow, but catch his eye and meet his gaze, and he was there with me, just loving me, just being there, just listening, just. Just being there. The first time I had a, oh my gosh, Jesus was there with me moment, I was um, praying about moving. I'd been living in Bath for a year with my parents as I finished up my degree and I had reconnected with some friends and I wanted to go and do life with them for a while and they were living in Worcester and I was thinking about going into teaching and I... Uh, thought oh a teaching assistant would be a great next step for me and I went um, up to visit them a few times and I had such a sense of freedom visiting Worcester Um, it was the first time I'd as an adult I was 21 it was the first time I'd um, I'd gone to uni but it wasn't quite the same it's the first time I'd kind of made a big <laughs> adult decision like that and um, I can't remember if it was the first visit I don't think it was because it, you know, it can't have been I, I knew the city a little bit by then but I was coming up on the train and I was going to get myself from the train station to my friend's house and I think they might have moved and it might have been my first visit to their new house and it was a bit, little bit of a walk and at that time I was still quite um fatigue I had a lot of chronic fatigue going on and so the walk was quite away for me and um I sat down about halfway there was a river running through the city there still is hasn't moved and um a millennium bridge and um there was a bench by the river and I love water I've always loved water and I just 
I must have been praying, I must have been, I was walking and I must have been praying and I sat down on the bench and you know how sometimes you know something that you can't possibly know? I sat down on the bench and it was such a holy moment and I would swear in front of the Queen and all of Parliament (laughs) that Jesus sat down with me on that bench. I've got no doubt. And as he sat there, I knew he'd been waiting for me to sit down. He'd been waiting to meet me there and that Worcester was the next place for me, that he had something there for me and he'd been waiting to meet me there. And I must have stayed with him for a while because my friends rang me and said, Anna, it's been an hour and a half. Where on earth are you? The walk should have taken you half an hour at most. (laughs) So no, I just sat on the bench talking to Jesus. I can't explain it, but I know it was true. I know he was on that bench with me. And so I know that in those nights when I just cried because my heart was broken and I didn't really remember how to breathe... He was there when I rolled over. He was there with me. And an image God gave me when I asked him. Later on that year, it was New Year's Day actually. So my birthdays in August, um, the months of weeping were between September and December and I then went to my friend's house for New Year's, New Year's, so 16, 2016, 2017, New Year, and um, I was praying <laughs> about this heart, broken heart situation, and I said, God, what on earth are you doing? And I think this was the first time I'd really seen God as a father, and he said to me, I'm... say I'm trying to remember the phrase I'm trying to remember the wording he said something like I'm bringing you both up inference being you've got, you've got some growing up to do but I saw a father a big godlike father with two little toddlers on his knee and I was one, and I knew who the other one was. And he said, I'm bringing you up. I've got some raising of you to do. And that idea that I might have been all of 23, 24, but I was a toddler and I needed my daddy grow me up a bit to teach me some things to watch over me and take care of me while he raised me so tucking yourself into God is a very literal thing that you can do he's a father he's he's got a lap like any other father he's got a hug like any other friend he's a companion like anybody else And he wants companions too, and he wants children who snuggle up onto his knee and nestle themselves in for the evening. You know. Have you ever seen a baby less than six months old? All they ever want to do is be right there with you, tucked up on you. That's who we are to God. We're his children. We can be 83 and still a toddler. We can tuck ourselves into God. The other thing is keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. Um, That is something we learn as well. 
remember something else I want to say. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> keeping in step with the Holy Spirit again it's learnt it takes cultivating practice of hearing the Holy Spirit I don't know about you I'd like to hear your um, thoughts on this I find the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit all speak differently that might just be me one God, three persons each has a unique each has unique characteristics and I think in my experience his own voice I'm comfortable with God being a man um, so each has his own voice and the Holy Spirit is the one who comes in power and that can be a quiet power or a loud power. The Holy Spirit goes where he is bidden or invited. He's sent or he's invited. He doesn't show up unannounced. He's either sent or invited. I was a Soul Survivor kid, um, Mike Pilavachi has a lot to do with my growing up in God and if you haven't, uh, if you don't know who he is that's fine but I would suggest you YouTube Soul Survivor UK and have a little listen to Mike Pilavachi, listen to about three of his talks and you'll get an idea of who he is, he's got a wicked sense of humour and um, doesn't take himself even the littlest bit seriously when he's on a platform with a microphone in his hand and he is greatly to be praised for his obedience and thanked for his service to generations of UK Christians and he taught us as we were 11 to 18 year olds learning about life with God he said the Holy Spirit is a gentleman If you don't want him to do something, he won't do it. If everyone around you is praying for the gift of tongues and you don't want it, he won't give it to you. If everyone around you is falling over because they either are being or want to look like they are being slain in the spirit and you don't want to, then he won't make you. If you can cope with a wobbling hand and a, a rush of emotion, then that's what he'll give you. So the Holy Spirit, he's Jesus' power on earth and we can have a relationship with him too. We can learn how he works and where he goes and what sense we get when he's around and we can follow him, keep in step with him, invite him in to everything, every conversation, every word, every everything, and just like any other discipline or relationship it takes time and learning one another and listening and he cares about everything when the Holy Spirit was really teaching me how to follow him and trust him he taught me with small things so that I would trust him with bigger ones I knew about the Holy Spirit, I knew of the Holy Spirit, I'd experienced the Holy Spirit, I'd known his power and I'd known what prophecy and all sorts of things are like before my Proverbs prayer. But in the years following that, God has 
accelerated my education somewhat. And as I was recuperating, um, getting back on my feet, healing and being put back together again in many, many, many ways, the Holy Spirit was right there with me in every single moment. And as God began to ask me to step out and be brave in things, the Holy Spirit was with me and taught me how to follow him, how to listen and how to stay in step. Simple things. Like, oh Lord, I am exhausted today. I would quite like to murder my boss and I don't really like the job you've given me. But you know what would really help me make my way through this day? (laughs) I'm sure you don't care about this, Lord, but I would really like that smoked salmon and cream cheese sandwich from Tesco's. That would just make me smile and to be able to sit in the middle of the town square and listen to the seagulls and watch the blue sky and eat that salmon and cream cheese sandwich my goodness lord that would bring a smile to my heart but I have a late lunch today and normally they're all gone by now And just to show me that he cared and was there and was hearing me and listening. I went out and locked the clinic and took my lunch half hour and went down to Tesco's as I usually did and had a look and lo and behold there was a smoked salmon sandwich. And I just felt the smile of God. I just felt the joy of the Holy Spirit because I'd asked something and he'd heard me and he cared that it mattered to me that was one of those moments when I thought golly this is real isn't it this is really really real this is everyday stuff you care about all this stuff and he cares You know, people think, some people think that the prayers for, you know, Jesus, I'd really love a parking space right outside the dentist today. People think they're frivolous and that God can't possibly care. Well, I believe that he does. I believe that there is an invitation to all of us to walk in step with the Holy Spirit moment by moment. And I believe that he cares the position of our hearts enough to care about parking spaces outside of dentists. He wants to be invited into everything. He wants us to not panic when the train is late because he has someone for us to sit next to on the late train. He wants us to trust him when we feel a nudge to say, go down this, go down this back, back road today. Walk down here today. He wants us to notice and hear it and respond with a yes he cares he cares to cultivate in us obedience and longing to walk in step with him gosh I've already been talking for an hour and this is ridiculously long (sighs) sorry So, staying close to Jesus, tucking ourselves into God, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, learning the voice of the shepherd, allowing ourselves to be trained and maybe broken and nursed up and to learn that he wants us next to him, to give over control Not just permission for God to speak into our decisions or permission for God to bless our decisions, but actual full control of our lives to Jesus. One of the pictures that I have in my head when I think about Jesus and and me and and my position in relation to him is... um, 
thinking about staying close, I often place myself in the biblical narratives as one of his disciples, whether one of the twelve or not. It's not a it's not a look at me, I'm one of the twelve thing, because obviously I'm not, but um I want to follow Jesus like they did. Human, fallible, prideful, <laughs> wrong, <laughs> messy, not understanding, totally brilliant in their humanity and totally loved by their friend Jesus, who they knew was the Messiah. They dropped everything and followed him. They travelled with him. They followed him. They served him. They prayed with him. They failed him. They fell asleep when he asked them to stay awake. They didn't believe until right at the very end. And I want to follow him like they did. The 12 people, apart from his mother who and his father, who got a ringside seat to the Messiah. Who picked up the rags he dropped and carried his stuff and said oh Jesus shouldn't we go this way today this way's much quicker and you said no we're going this way and we're like why what and grumbling along behind him but we're going where he's going we're not going to make him go the short way I want to follow him like that I want to follow him like a disciple like one of the twelve like one of the one of the chosen ones one of the handpicked ones there's a place for us there, you know. Well, here's a funny thing. It cut me off. <laughs> it stopped recording at um one hour, so which is quite right too. Um so I went back and trimmed it to the last coherent sentence I said um I guess just presenting you with some thoughts this evening um about this um keeping in step with Jesus following Jesus um I hope you've heard my heart I hope that um you've heard what I've tried to say just sharing some experience I suppose um the invitation is there for all of us and I would um love to hear if my experiences match up with yours um I'd love to hear if you disagree with anything I'd love to hear if anything um challenges you or um anything like that um and I would love to pray for you um if you want me to uh, or if you want us to that if you want to go on this journey to um the Holy Spirit would help you do that and all our journeys will look different uh He'll call us in different ways to different things. This is part of what he's called me to, and I'm quite, I'm kind of really thankful and um, praising God really that um, it's been seen in me. I suppose um, it means he's working, <laughs> and um, no, it's precious. So thank you for letting me share some parts of my heart with you and. Um, I love you all. I'm very thankful that you're in this space. Thank you for being part of Patreon and cheering on Hope and Grace. Thank you for supporting me. My, um, forgive my sniffles, uh, my financial situation has changed actually and my circumstances have changed a lot and actually Patreon is now a very, <laughs> very important part of um, keeping me afloat and keeping Hope and Grace going and me able to do Hope and Grace as part of God's provision for this time. So I am incredibly thankful um I do not take it lightly as you know and I've been trying to work out how to do this well and properly for you so I'm still figuring it out and very thankful for your uh, patience as I do so so I'll see you this week uh, on Patreon I'm sure I pray you are all well and safe and that you know you are held by the one who holds us all and that you can nestle into him in the coming days all right guys love you all god bless you and um keep you and
be with you. Okay, I'm signing off now. Enjoy the music. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>